0: I'm glad you're here today, and I'm glad that with everything going on, we have the privilege of gathering together for worship. These are strange, strange days, and what a time, what a time to focus again on the significance of the coming of Christ into our world. Open your Bibles to the most familiar of the Christmas stories in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Luke 2, 1 through 20, I want to take time to read all these verses because they they really capture the flickering of the candles here for us. This is indeed the word of God. Now in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terribly frightened. Don't you know they were? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. May God bless the reading of his word. I'm indebted today. A sermon I heard years ago by Gordon Kleinard, who was at First Baptist Church in San Angelo, and one of the challenging times of my life is I found myself in his pulpit, center and pastor for a two-year period back there. But only God, only God could have given us Christmas. It is no accident that every year the nations of the earth turn again to look at that baby who was born in the innkeeper's manger now so long ago. Only God would have done it that way. Man would have made a big fuss out of it, a big dramatic production. Hollywood certainly would have been interested. No doubt it would have made the evening news. But when God moved, there was no official proclamation, no fuss. God moves in his own way and in his own timing, his wonders to perform. God moved in the whimper of a babe and that has changed the history of the world, once you get hold of that, you cannot help but return year by year to celebrate the coming of Christ into the world. There was a place where God was at home in a stable, where shepherds were just as welcome as wise men, where outer space was more important than a donkey who bore on his back a suffering woman, where a stable full of animals was a palace fit for a king, and where angels' voices joined with a cry, the first cry of a newborn king. There isn't anything in all the world like Christmas, And here we learn that God is awake while the world is asleep. Jesus was born at night while the world lay in darkness. The world in which he came was a world of darkness. And I do not need to tell you that the world in which he comes today, the the world in which we celebrate his coming today, is too a world that is darker by the very moment. John Paul Tillich has given us that wonderful story. He told of a time in the height of the Polish suffering in the occupation of Poland when a young girl, pregnant, crawled, went into a cemetery and crawled in an open grave. And during the night, she gave birth to a baby. And the next morning the old Jewish grave digger founder looked into that grave and saw that baby and explained it must be the Messiah only the Messiah would be born in a grave Well of course he was wrong about that baby but oh how right he was about that other baby that was born he was mighty right about Jesus, who brings to us to this place today. God is at work and awake in a world that is dark. God is on His throne, and the baby, the baby, the manger scene is the working of God to that end. A baby is always a marvelous thing. All the parents among us would bear testimony to that again and again, wouldn't we? A baby is a marvelous thing. God, a baby in Bethlehem. And so it is no wonder that we come year by year to sing our carols and to fill our warmth and to give our gifts. I know that we have commercialized Christmas, perhaps too much, But we have a better side, and that better side is that our celebration of Christmas, we want to share love and gift one another because of the meaning and reality of Christmas. But there is a question that plagues us today, isn't there? How much of this is only meaningless ritual? How much of it do we allow to become tradition only how much of it can become just a kind of empty sentiment listen to me if Christ is only the babe in the manger then he really doesn't have much power to make a difference in your life right now God with us Emmanuel we were told that we are to call him But Luke also says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. The child grew. In just a little while, he was taken to Egypt. He learned from the rabbis. He grew up. He learned the sound of the wind in the streets. He learned the price of sparrows in the marketplace. He learned how to put new patches on old garments. He learned how a mother hen draws her chicks unto herself to protect them. He went about teaching men. He healed. He was placed on a cross. He died. He was buried. But the grave could not hold him He is alive today in our world. A strange thing, really. We we adore this baby in the manger. But we may have a little more trouble dealing with this grown man who preached the Sermon on the Mount. We must not leave him in the manger Oh, the manger was full. But the story is so much more than that. You see, if we leave him in the manger, then the day after Christmas, it's over again for another year. But the Christ, the Christ of the manger is the Christ of our lives today. The Christ of the manger is the one who comes to indwell us and enable us to live even in these trying times. The Christ of the manger is the one who gives us hope today, this morning. You see, if he doesn't make a difference in our world as our world is right now, he really doesn't make any difference at all. Let him out of the manger. Let him out of the manger or you'll never really understand the incarnation. You see, the miracle of Christmas is that God came in human flesh. The miracle of Christmas is not that he was born of a virgin, though indeed he was The miracle of Christmas is that he was born at all. God was coming to our world to take the form of human flesh. Of course, that means God's revelation of himself to us. Christmas is not unique because God visited with man. God had visited with man time and time again. Christmas is not unique because God spoke to man. God had spoken to man time and time again. The uniqueness of Christmas is that here is the final, the complete revelation of God to man. You remember John said it like this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full, full of grace and truth. The writer of the Hebrews said God. God who at sundry times and in divers manners. Spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Paul said God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Here is the uniqueness of Christmas. Here is the uniqueness of Christianity. This is a thing that makes Christianity much more than just religion. You see, religion tells the story of a man who's searching after God. Christianity tells the story of a God who's searching after man. Christmas is a story of a God who's looking for you and for a relationship with you. Christmas is a story of a God who wants you to spend eternity with Him. That is Christmas. And our relationship with God is not shadowy. Christmas is not only for a lofty set of ideals, It is God coming to earth to dwell among men. It is a personal faith in a person. It is an unswerving commitment to a unique way of life. That is Christmas. And if you leave this Christ in a manger, you'll never come to grips with Emmanuel, God. With you. God with us in the miracle of his coming. God with us in the lowly. God with us in the family relationship. God with us in the toils of everyday life. God with us in the labor of men who work with their hands. God with us in a boy who works beside his father. God with us in the temptations. God with us making his demands upon our life. On the cross, God with us. Bearing our burdens and forgiving our sins. In the grave, God with us. In the very depths of death. In the resurrection, God with us to give us life. God with us now and forever Jesus said, I am with you even until the end of the ages. And you see the manger. The manger is not the end. It's the beginning. We do not have a manger religion. We have a religion of a cross and an empty tomb and a coming again, Lord. Christianity is a global gospel without the boundary of time. Let him out of the manger so you can grasp the truth that God indeed is with you even in 2020. And God will be with you in 2021. And you cannot beat the timing of God. Let him out of the manger lest you destroy him with sentimental worship. As I've said... It's one thing to adore a baby, but it's another thing to deal with a man who preached the Sermon on the Mount. We come to worship the Christ at Christmas who would not adore a baby, especially if we're told that baby is the Son of God. But you must hear this man speak. You must come to know him. You must watch him at work and suddenly... It may not be so easy. Has it ever struck you that not one time in all the pages of the Bible did Jesus speak of his birth? So far as I can tell, you cannot find a single instance where our Lord ever spoke about his birth. I wonder, I wonder if by his silence He's trying to tell us he did not want sentimental worship of a manger, but the living of a dedicated life to which, in which he makes the difference. Jesus was never really comfortable with sentimental worship. There was a woman, remember, who came to him and said to him on one occasion with that syrupy kind of language, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and blessed are the breasts that you nurse. Do you remember what Jesus said? Blessed are they that hear the Word of God and do it. There was a man who came to him by night and said, Good teacher, we know that you're a teacher come from God. And Jesus said, There's not one good but God. And that is the father. Tell me something. If you really wanted to honor your mother, would you create a day in which you celebrated her birth? Or would you live a mother-honoring life? Think about it. We're guilty of sentiment and sentiment only when we worship a babe at Christmas and know nothing of a life of discipleship. We're guilty of sentiment and sentiment only if the selfishness of Scrooge is somehow out of place in December, but a regular part of our lives in the months of May or June or July. If hungry, hunger is wrong at Christmas, It's wrong the other months of the year as well. The Messiah has come and sin is always wrong and love is always right. The Messiah has come and selfishness is out and worship and adoration are in. War, hatred, bitterness need to go to be replaced by love and service. And you see, when we keep him in the manger, we destroy what he came to do. We do more. We do more. We have to than worship a baby. We come to give ourselves. That leads me to say, let him out of the manger, or you will miss what Jesus can do for you personally the only Christ who can really make the difference for you is the one you experience personally for yourself. The only Christ who matters is the Christ of this moment today. You see... The baby in the manger is a God who comes to make a difference in our life and our experience right now. The reason we gather today in His name is because of the difference that He makes. The source of the music of our lives comes from Him. He's not a historical figure only, He's a personal, personal Lord. Do you know the name Leslie Weatherhead? Leslie Weatherhead was a controversial Methodist preacher who wrote a book entitled The Christian Agnostic. I never really understood what a Christian agnostic could be. It's a strange kind of book and it makes you wonder about this man until you come to that place in the book where Weatherhead tells about his life. And here's what he says. As a child of nine, I made my little act of dedication to him on January 3rd, 1903 and determined that I would serve him the rest of my life. I remember writing it down in my new diary I failed him thousands of times since then, but I've never had any doubt that my heart was healed, enthralled by him, and I've never had any peace outside the will of Jesus. I've never known joy outside the joy of my personal communion with him. That's it. That's what I'm talking to you about. That's what Christmas is all about when you come to him and say, My Lord and and my God. Back in my latter years of college and first year of seminary, I, I found these words written by Andrew Blackwood. Andrew Blackwood was a well known Presbyterian preacher. And here's what he said Jesus, what have you done to us? We wanted a pet kitten, and you turned into a tiger. We like you the way you were. Why couldn't you leave us alone? We wanted you to show up when we wanted you to make us feel good. We wanted a pretty church for weddings and funerals and baptisms. We wanted the cute Easter bunny hopping across the lawn. We thought religion is good for the kiddies. All of a sudden, you've turned against us. We wanted peace, and you brought us a sword. Things were going along all right, and then you got interested in the poor people. Now they're strutting around like they're going to inherit the earth. Now all of a sudden you tell us to love our enemies. Do you know what will happen to us if we do? They'll nail our hide to the wall, and what will we do then? Keep on loving them? We liked you when you were little baby, gentle, meek and mild cooing in your cradle and those nice shepherds and angels and we felt just awful about king herod look at all we did for you we built a big national holiday in your honor we built big industries around it christmas cards toy machine guns for the kids, all those fancy gift-wrapped whiskey bottles. We built pretty churches in your honor, stained glass organ, the works, and when the people moved away from the riffraff, the church followed them straight into the suburbs. Look at all we've done for you, Jesus. Why can't you leave us alone? We've got enough troubles now. What do you keep why do you keep on poking us in the conscience? What do you want? Our hearts? And that is exactly what he wants. That is exactly what he wants. The manger? Yes. God incarnate, yes. God coming to our world and God even coming today to my world. Does he have a place in your heart? Then look to him, trust him, praise him, worship him at Christmas. And that's what we're going to do in just a moment. A familiar Christmas hymn. We'll sing it to him. We'll celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. If you've never had the joy, if you've never had the joy of saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take that opportunity today. If God touches you, make your way down the aisle and here to the front. And let me have the joy of helping you know that you know him. Make this your offering to him. And make it your commitment to the Christ who is born, who lives, and who lives in our hearts and our lives today. Not in sentiment, but in the changing of life itself. God, thank you for giving us this time. We come to you now to sing. Would you hear our commitment voiced in song? And Lord, for those whom you may be calling for public response or public prayer or whatever you have for us today, make us obedient to you. For we ask it in the name of Christ, our Lord. Now let's stand together. Let's sing together in joy. And as God touches your heart, I'll meet you here at the front. Amen. Thank you for being here. Uh, Share with those that could not be here that we understand, but they were missed. And how blessed we are to be able to come. Stay in touch during this Christmas season. None of us knows what might happen next, but we know that God is with us. I liked it so much last Sunday when we stayed and sang before we left. And we have just a brief song to sing today. Let's sing it together as our note before we go. Remember, we gather for worship, and we depart to serve. As we're here, we're the church gathered. Out there, we the church scattered. But we're the people of God going. So let's sing together. And after we've sung, we'll be on our way.